Hello and welcome back to the Preston Sports Podcast. I am Jack Goodwin and once again I am joined by Lewis Walsh and today we will be previewing uh, English Engl- England's third tier, the uh, EFL League One, as we've got 24 teams to run through. Thankfully this season it is 24 teams rather than 23 and we will be running through all of those teams. We'll be previewing how they've done their business in the transfer market uh, what the players are looking like at the moment, what the general feeling is around the club at the moment and how me and Lewis predict them to do this season. We will be going alphabetically in order like we did with the fourth division preview show too. So once again, as I've just mentioned, I'm joined by Lewis Walsh. Lewis, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you? I'm all right, thank you. And uh, Lewis, uh, last year League One was a league shrouded in controversy and uncertainty um but i feel like this season you still got you still got a bit of that haven't you you have a little bit yeah um you've got disputes going on with the situation at wigan Charlton. they've only just got their situation sorted so there is going to be a few interesting stories to follow this year i think yeah and there certainly is and usually you look at the the championship relegated sides to be the three teams to push for automatic promotion. But I think it's fair to say none of the three relegated um, championship sides returned to this level in rude health, did he? Um, not really. I mean, you look at Wigan, you look at Hull. Um, who else came down? Charlton. Uh, yeah, Charlton there again. Yeah, they're, look, they look, they've got stuff on their plate. So it's one where it's good. It's not, you're not just going to be able to say, yeah, they're going to go back back up. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's a league that has become a resting place for sleeping giants. One season at this level is too many for Sunderland, Portsmouth and Ipswich, but all three were miffed by last season's early curtailment and subsequent, subsequent settlement and all must improve this term. So, as I mentioned before, we will be going... Uh, through all 24 teams. So starting off with Accrington Stanley Lewis. And we had the pleasure to interview uh, their manager, John Coleman, and his assistant manager, Jimmy Bell, um, before uh, before the season uh, got, got cut short, didn't we? We did, yeah. And he, it was quite a fascinating interview. Um, he, I thought he spoke quite well, uh, gave good insight into what it's like working at Accrington. Um in terms of this season, I think it's going to be another case of them overachieving. Um, as I say, John Coleman's a very good manager. He knows how to get the best out of certain players, particularly ones that are coming to Atkinson to prove a point, uh, to maybe get himself a move like um, Colby Bishop and Dion Charles got their moves last year and ended up being two key players for him. So... I can, I can definitely see them; those two players being able to keep them in league uncomfortably. Yeah, and I think it's also fair to say that they have lost a couple of players too. I mean, yesterday, the departure of Callum Johnson, a highly rated right back, uh, it was sold to Portsmouth and the player just ahead of him, Jordan Clark, uh, a couple of weeks ago, moved to Luton Town, which I think do... do um, Will be a big miss to Accrington Stanley, but they have recruited well. They've got a couple of youngsters on loan um, mm. from um, top tier sides. Ryan Cassidy comes from Watford, who I know on uh, Football Manager turns out to be a fantastic <laughs> player. That uh, is always the best way to judge a player, to be fair. Yeah, it is. And uh, young Tom Allen, uh, a right winger from Newcastle United. Obviously, we've not seen much of him. Uh, but he comes with highly rated reviews. And one of the signings that I'm really impressed with is is Cameron Burgess from coming in on a free transfer from Scunthorpe United. Um, he's still only 24. He's still on. Mm. He's, he's entering the prime of his career now. Um, and I think Accrington are a side that you look at the players that they have on paper, and you always think they should be just satisfied with staying up, Lewis. But mm. I think again, I don't see them being in a massive relegation battle. No, as you said, um, they've got they've got the quality in this side, and I do think that there will be sides worse off than them this year. So I, I can definitely see them staying up. Yeah, and let's move to a side just down the road from Accrington Stanley. We've got Blackpool, um, who uh, don't really have any senior defenders in the team at the moment, but have a plethora of attacking options. How do we assess them to do this season? 
So I think I can see Blackpool doing really well this year. Uh, Neil Critchley comes from being a very highly rated manager. Um, Jurgen Klopp trusted him to manage Liverpool's first team on two occasions, so he's obviously got something about him. Um, yeah, in the pre-season games, they're looking, they're looking quite dangerous. You see, you see how they. Um, is it three 0 up? They went against Everton, or was it two? They went three 0 up. Yeah, I was going to say three 0 up against Everton, two 0 up against Liverpool at Anfields. But as you say, they just do maybe need a couple of defensive options. So if they manage to get those in, they can have a really good season, in my opinion. Yeah, the only senior centre back they've got in the in the squad is Marvin Ekapetia, mm. who's coming from uh, Leighton Orient who uh, didn't really feature for Orient last year in League 2 anyway. Um, so, yeah, they do, certainly do need some centre-back options. So, it's whether Neil Critchley can uh, dip into maybe the contacts that he's got. But I think the co- contacts that he's got to acquire some of the signings so far has been good. I mean, you've got um, the Swindon Town duo of Keisha Anderson and Jerry Yates, who were on fire last year in the fourth division. <laughs> CJ Hamilton, who... Granted, didn't have the best season for Mansfield last year, but who did uh, for the Stags last year? He's a good player. Bez Lubala coming in from Crawley Town um, is a player that likes to get off his 30-yard shots and mm. always test the keeper. Um, so I, 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 I'm positive for Blackpool this year. I think it, they're going to have a really exciting season. I'm not sure whether they're going to have the defensive solidity there. We can't really comment on that because they don't have the centre-halves yet. No, not yet. Um, but they do have one of the best goalkeepers in the league for me, in Chris Maxwell, who was a perfectly good goalkeeper for, for my team, Preston North End. So I, I, I've got Blackpool to finish in and around the playoffs, Lewis. Yeah, I, I would as well. Um, again, we've seen what can happen when a, a manager who's worked under uh, Jurgen Klopp can go into a club that's maybe stagnating, like we saw David Wagner go to Huddersfield and we saw the transformation he played a part in there. So I can definitely see Neil Critchley uh, being able to do that with Blackpool as well. Yeah, and let's move on to the next team, Bristol Rovers, who off the pitch look like in a, they look like they're in a real good stake. Uh, state, shall I say, is uh, their president uh, acquired a controlling stake in Rovers' parent company and um, he got rid of the debt and he waived all sorts of uh, interest for around 2.1 million. It's left Bristol Rovers in debt free and in a great financial position despite the pandemic. Um, they obviously last year were fourth in the league when Graham Coughlin mm. uh, surprisingly left, dropped down a division to join Mansfield Town, the manager. Uh, and then they got highly rated young uh, coach Ben Garner who'd come in. And um, it didn't really have the decide effect that a lot of Rovers fans would have wanted with two wins in 15 games, but there's a lot of personal issues going on too. Mm. Um, but again, they've recruited they've recruited quite well, haven't they? They have, yeah. They've um, brought in one of the signings, particularly Jack Baldwin. I mean, I'm impressed with him. Okay, he's not he's maybe not had the best of times at Sunderland, but you've shown before at Peterborough that he's a very good defender. Um, Max Aimer from Gillingham, again, he's another good, solid defensive signing. David Tatonda from Barnet, he was one of the more highly rated left-backs in the National League. So, it's it'll be interesting to see um, if Ben Garner can turn around what wasn't a fantastic start to his managerial career. Um, I, I just wonder if it's a case of him being a good coach, but not being able to make that step up to the managerial role. Yeah, I feel like you do see that a lot, but people that are highly rated as coaches, I mean, Dave Hockaday is, was really highly rated as a coach. Um, I mean, granted, he was at Forest Green, but he was really highly rated as a coach. And you hear Leeds United players when he went, that they said his training sessions were fantastic, but he just didn't have that sort of tactical astuteness to lead uh, United to victory and that might be the same situation with Ben Garner. The thing that interests me with Garner, Lewis, mm. um, is that he spent the majority of his career as an assistant manager to Tony Pulis. Mm. Um, so he's had, he's had times at Palace and West Brom and even some spells with Steve Koppel uh, out in India. Mm. Uh, but Pulis especially is a very one-dimensional direct football sort of manager. But Ben Garner wants to get football down on the floor mm. um, and, and you've seen that with Rovers as they've kind of tried to shift the sort of style um, 
so do you think do you think he's he's just trying to be too modern and he's he, he should have stuck with what he he learned under Pulis? Um, I think with the group of players that he that he had to use when he initially came into Bristol Rovers, he maybe could have stayed with that direct style of play uh, because I think there was maybe a bit of transitional issues. But now that he's able to get his own players in, he can maybe now focus on the style of play that he wants to use. So, as I say, it'll be interesting to see if it works out for him or not. Yeah, and moving on to the next team, we've got Burton Albion, who have uh, had a massive shift as uh, Nigel Clough, uh, a legendary manager at uh, for the Brewers, has left after a lengthy tenure. And uh, Captain Jake Buxton has come in to a job for his uh, first time. And it's going to be a, a, a tough job for him. They've recruited a lot of old heads in the window. And the likes of Michael Bostwick have come in, uh, Neil Lurdley, um, John Brayford. It's it's looking like quite an, an, an old team, isn't it, Lewis? It is, yeah. But as you say, Michael Bostwick, who... I thought had a fantastic season for Lincoln and quite a few of their fans were very surprised to see him go. Uh, so I think he could be a shrewd recruitment for them. Um, yeah, as you said, there is quite a lot of older players in that squad. Um, but there is there is a good mix of youth as well, uh, with a lot of the players coming up through the academy. Um, Jake Buxton, though, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Uh, like We do know that Burton have a good record of giving managers their first chance in football. Nigel Clough, as you say, um, his first job was Burton. Jimmy Floyd, Gary he did a good job with Burton. Even ones like Paul Pescalido, okay, he maybe didn't get Burton to promotion, but with where they were as a club at the time, he did an all right job in keeping them up. So it'll be interesting to see if Jeff Buxton can continue that record. Yeah, so there's been a lot of change for the Brewers, uh, they've got, they've got, still got a decent team. There's no doubt about that. But do you do you see them pushing for promotion, or do you see them at the other end of the division? To be honest with you, I do see them being at the other end of the table. Unfortunately, um, I just think even with the experienced heads they've got in this squad now, um, I think losing Nigel Clough will just kind of be a death toll for them. And I think I can see them going down. Yeah, and there, there is a big difference between them and other sides in the league. The average age of their squad is actually 28, which is very high. Um, whilst someone like Peterborough, I expect both of us will predict to have a really good season. Their average age is 23 years old. So there is a big difference, but it's good to have that experience. Uh, but maybe they might be lacking on a bit of uh, fresh legs in the squad as well. OK, moving on to Charlton Athletic. We're not here to talk about the uh, issues that surround uh, the Valley Parade, and we'll try not to talk about that. Not but Valley Valley Charlton... Pardon? Valley Parade. Uh, not the Valley Parade, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of Bradford, aren't I? Um, but I feel like um, you've got, with Charlton, um, a, a difficult situation because, obviously, they don't really know who's going to own the club. Mm. Um, people are wanting to take over, but they can't really change hands at the moment mm-hmm. um, so it's at it, uh, the Valley this season it's it's not looking like a promising season for Charlton It won't be a promising season but I don't think it will be a disaster um, no there is still good quality in their squad um, like I think so, uh, you take a look at who they've got from like they've got Macaulay Bond who I think probably will be able to fill that Lyle Taylor shaped hole Um Managing to keep hold of Lee Boyer as well. That is an absolutely fantastic uh, move by Charlton, regardless of the ownership. So, and I just think that they, okay, they won't have a disastrous season, but they won't, it won't be promising. I can see that just mellowing out into maybe a top half finish for them. Yeah, I mean, they've obviously had to lose a couple of players, Lyle Taylor being uh, one big miss, Navi Sar's gone as well. Uh, but they, like you said, they've retained a lot of good players that they've got. Macaulay Baum, um, Ostuma, Alfie Dowerty, who's a real exciting young player. Uh, but the worry for me looking at, at Charlton's team is that at the moment they've only got four senior defenders. They've got mm. Pierce, Oshelarja, Ben Perrington and Adam Matthews. They are the only four senior defenders in the team. So I think there's going to be a lot of reliance on youth players. But that's, mm. that's what happened with Charlton last year and 
despite them going down, they didn't play too badly, did they? No, I mean, and he still had some fairly good, um, fairly good players getting to showcase their ability, and now they're able to become a genuine part of Charlton's squad as opposed to just being someone they rely on out of desperation. And um, yeah, as you say, it'd be interesting to see how they get on in maybe a lower division, these younger players that are coming through. Um, what was it? Josh Davison, that's the one I was trying to remember the name of. Um, yeah. He, you know, rejected by Peterborough, he went down to Enfield Town, uh, impressed there. Got his now he's got his chance at Charlton, so I think he might be able to do well for him in League One. Yeah, he certainly might be, and uh, but I, I do think that Charlton, like you said, I think it'll just fizzle out to a, maybe a top half finish. I think it's going to be a, a season of consideration for uh, Charlton rather than pushing mm. seriously for the top two. Okay, moving on to the next team. Um, so we've now got Crew Alexandra, who came second last year in the fourth division, and it, it took them a while to get going under Dave, David Artel, but when it did click, oh, hell, did it click, um, and they were they were superb last year. Uh, they've made some decent signings in the market, uh, signing the likes of Luke Murphy from Bolton, Mikel Mandron from uh, Gillingham, Omar Beckles, I think, came from Shrewsbury, mm. um, and they haven't really lost any of their good young talents. Obviously, they've lost the experience of, of Nicky Hunt and Paul Green, but really of the players that were superb on the pitch, the likes of Charlie Kirk, Callum Ainley, uh, Perry NG, um, the Harry Pickering, you know, mm. these players that you would have expected to have been picked up by the likes of Sunderland, Portsmouth, or even your championship teams, mm. have, have all remained at crew, haven't they? And I think that's a bonus for them. Yeah, exactly. And Keeping hold of those players, it's going to keep that sort of consistency in the team. They're not going to have any problems with with a boatload of newer players coming in and then those players struggling to gel. Um, so being able to keep those sorts of players, I think, will keep them out of any genuine relegation battle this year. And then, of course, David Artel, as you say, it took him time. It took a bit of time for his style of football to properly kick in, but with his sort of managerial prowess, I can definitely see Crew comfortably staying up this year. Yeah, so uh, Crew predicted to stay up comfortably by Lewis. I've got them just to stay up in mine. Um, but moving on to Doncaster Rovers, who really last year were probably just a striker away from breaking into the into this the ceiling and getting into the top six. Uh, they finished ninth. Their top goal scorer is Kieran Sadlier, who uh, is no longer at. Doncaster, but um, they they do have a, a decent team. I mean, to keep hold of the captain Ben Whiteman so far is a shrewd business from the Johns. Anderson's a good centre half at the back, but again, I'm I'm looking at their attacking options, and they've not got a recognised striker in the squad. And it's it's going to be two years now since they lost John John Marquis to um, to Portsmouth for yeah. two million, and they they haven't replaced him yet. And Despite them having, it's frustrating for me because they've got Darren Moore, who I think is a very exciting mm. young manager in the football league, and sh- should have shouldn't really have been sacked by West Brom. Was very mm. harshly. Yeah, uh, that he's a he's a club legend there. Um, but I just can't predict them to be finishing in the top six when they've not got a recognised striker in the squad. No, as you say, um, yeah, when they've still not replaced Marquis for. Two years now, and again, that's just been their downfall, really. Okay, yes, they do. They do still have quality as you go further back, like uh, Tom Anderson. I think is a very good signing for good, very good player for him. James Coppinger. He's thirty nine, but he's still looking like someone ten years younger than he is. So, yeah, if they get a recognised striking option, I can maybe see them getting into the playoffs. But as it stands, they will just fall short. Yeah, and it's a it's a shame for Doncaster because um, they've always been in and around the playoffs for the last ten years, and they've had the odd um, the odd promotion. I think didn't they have uh, they had Darren Ferguson in charge for for a time. Who yeah. was the manager that took them up? Was it what from League Two? Yeah, uh, no, it, Ferguson took them up from League Two, but when they spent the time in the Championship, who was the manager that took them up? It wasn't Ooh. Dean Saunders, was it? 
Um, I can't remember now, actually. Was uh, Dean, I think Dean Saunders might have been in charge and left for Wolves when they were like third or fourth in the league, I think. Yeah, that was the battle. But I can't, um, I can't actually remember who um, who was the uh, manager that ended up taking them up, which uh, is quite frustrating. But I think Doncaster, they've got a good manager there. They've got mm. a good core of a squad. But if you've not got a striker in, in your team, you've got no hope. But they've still got four weeks to find one. Mm. Um, but I think I'm, I'm predicting a comfortable mid-table finish for mm. them. Um, I'm, I'm going to go just outside the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, well, the next one uh, team is uh, a team that will be expecting to be in and around the playoffs again. Fleetwood Town, who play at the Hanbury Stadium. Um, again, uh, another team that have got a very strong team. I mean, you look at the midfield options. They signed yeah. Callum Camps from Rochdale. And then getting uh, Jordan, Rossi, Jordan Rossi to, to sign permanently. That's, that is an absolutely massive signing for him. And yeah, as you said, the midfield is, the midfield is just brilliant for them. Um, so they'll definitely be in and around the playoffs for sure, I reckon. Mark Duffy comes with a sprinkling of uh, experience and quality, mm. um, even at the age of 34 on a free transfer from mm. Sheffield United. But again, they're lacking in the senior defenders. They've got young James Hill, who's uh, 18 years old, and they've got Morgan Boys who's a left-footed centre-back, 19 mm-hmm. years old, that's come from Liverpool under-23s on loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, they, they still need a senior defender. And uh, they are heavily linked with Charlie Mulgrew, which I'm going to say would be a tremendous signing from yeah. uh, the Card Army. But um, I think Fleetwood's are, are always an exciting team, especially under Joey Barton. Anything can happen. Um, but I think they will have a season in and around the playoffs again. Yeah, I mean, they have to really. Um, they showed last season what they're capable of. Uh, okay, they were just a couple of dodgy goalkeeping errors uh, from that cost them really. So they they have to be in and around the playoffs. Otherwise, it would be a big disappointment in my opinion. Yeah, so uh, Fleetwood uh, expecting a season to be in and around the top six. Uh, Another team uh, is Gillingham. I've got a, a good friend who's a Gillingham fan, um, and he said to me, um, as long as we don't finish mid-table again, and he, uh, I, I found it quite interesting because he said he'd rather be in a relegation fight than finish mid-table because he says it's just been so many years of just finishing mid-table every year, being on the periphery of the playoffs, but never really getting anywhere close to it. Um, and I think when they, started, they got Steve Evans as manager, a lot of people... Yeah perhaps weren't convinced because of mm. the extra baggage that comes with him. But yeah, he's a top, yeah. top lower league manager. Um, so I think with Steve Evans in charge, you've always got a chance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, Steve Evans is like, is like Marmite. You're going abs- to either absolutely love him or absolutely despise him. And at the moment for Gillingham, they're absolutely loving him. Uh, he got them playing well last season. Um, and then this season as well, it's looking like it's going to be good. Uh, he's bringing in some decent players. Kyle Dempsey from Fleetwood's a decent signing. Um, they, they've got the link with Arsenal, getting two players on loan from them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can see this being a good season for Gillingham. Can they get into the playoffs? Unfortunately, I'm just going to have to say that I think they might just come up short. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same sort of thing, Lewis. I think they've got a strong side. I mean, You've even got um, Robbie McKenzie who's come in as a centre-half from Hull. Jordan Graham, who's finally left the walls and uh, is an exciting left winger. Jacob Mellis from Bolton. They've got quite a decent team now, but mm. again, do they have scorers in the team? That's mm. what they were struggling with last year. Um, they, they were one of the best defensive teams um, and couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, which is unusual for a Steve mm. Evans side, but Looking at their attacking options, John Akinde's 31 now. He's not going to get you many goals in the third division. Vidane Oliver, um, yeah, a strong forward, but again, does he get you 15 goals a season? And, mm-hmm. and Brandon Hanlon's the only other option. So uh, I think if they can add one more striker to that team, then they've got a real chance of top six. But until then, we, we have to judge them on what they've got. Exactly. And um, 
I do just wonder if they are going to, with those sorts of strikers, if they are going to play the sort of system where the striker's not going to be the main attacking focal point, like maybe he'll just be the more supportive option. Um, John Akinze, he can get goals, but in a lower division, but I just don't know if League One's a step too far for him. Yeah, it certainly could be. Moving on to Hull City, who a lot of their players will have not been expecting to play, be playing in the third division when uh, it was Christmas time with Hull City right uh, just outside the playoffs. Uh, but mm-hmm. then the, the, they sold the season down the drain, really, by selling Jared Bowen and Camille Grzyski and not really replacing them. They brought in uh, Malik Wilkes, at, but neither player really um, were the, the same sort of quality as uh, Bowen and Grzyski. And surprisingly for me, they've stuck by Grant McCann, mm-hmm. um, who has a, he's got experience of managing the third division? Obviously, had uh, two years at two or three years at Peterborough, uh, got Doncaster in the playoffs in his first season there. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think with Hull, they I think they will be the strongest of the three promoted, uh, the three relegated sides. Like yes, they will, but it's a, it's a case of almost being like the best of a bad bunch, really. Um, Hull, they, they do have good talent in their squad to Hull, like you look at. It's certain players like um, and, 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 and Richie Smallwood, he's decent. Um, George Honeyman, he's probably one of the better players in a, a turbulent time for Sunderland. Um, Daniel Batty, he's a former Halifax player, but he's, he's an impressive young midfielder for him. But, I mean, I just think Grant McCann... It's not maybe the right sort of manager to take them back up. Okay, he does have a decent record in League One, but I just think they might need new ideas. So I don't know. Um, they'll probably finish mid table, top half at best, to be honest. Yeah, I, I usually I'm not a fan of the common seconds of managers. Um, and I do think it would have been slightly harsh on McCann because of. Uh, this the selling of his two star players, but one win in twenty one. Yeah, is got to got got to ask questions. Yeah, I mean, it's, to be honest, I think they probably did pin too much hope on bringing Marcus Madison in, working out like on paper it would have worked out. You know, Grant McCann and Madison worked well together at Peterborough, but for whatever reason, it just didn't happen for him at Hull. And yeah, I think that was just a big part of the reason why they went down. Yeah, so for Hull with me, I think I've got them just bouncing around the playoffs, uh, just missing out really towards the end. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I think if like it's another one where the ownership needs to be sorted before they can kind of progress as a club again. But I, I don't want to turn this into the, into the dodgy owners podcast. So yeah, well, we'll move on to uh, someone that's got a club that's got one of the most stable owners. In the business, uh, in Marcus Evans, uh, Ipswich Town, um, who, like Hull, um, really, who they, they were disappointed last year. Mm. They were towards the automatic promotion places at Christmas, and then the season fizzled out in January when they handed Paul Lambert a new five-year contract, which is uh, massive for a third division side. Mm. Um, so Lambert looks like he's going to be sticking around for a long time, um, and Ipswich, I think. Like Hull, on paper, they've got a very strong team. You, mm. You're looking at the players. They haven't had too much uh, change, really, which I think is a positive. Uh, it'll allow the players to, to get used to another season at this level. And they've brought mm. in Ollie Hawkins from Portsmouth and Stephen yeah. Ward, a fullback from Stoke City. So, um, Lewis, do you think Ipswich will improve on last year's 11th place finish? They've got to, really. Otherwise, they're just going to end up getting stuck in, in League One. They should definitely been be in and around the promotion picture. Like they showed at the start of last season what they're capable of. But yeah, as you say, after Paul Lambert got a five year contract, he just went downhill for him. So they definitely need to improve and they are capable of that improvement in my opinion. So this really is a make or break fit season for them, I think. Yeah, I think it certainly is. I think I think if we're talking about on paper, pure paper, looking at the teams, I think Hull and Ipswich are your two strongest teams in the league. Um, mm. It's whether the manager can get them to click. It's whether the players are going to get used to 
playing with each other. But I, yeah. I think they will have a good season. I've got them in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'd have them down as getting into the playoffs this year as well. I mean, as I say, they, they have the ability to. So it's just a case of can they kind of come out of that rut that they found themselves in at the end of last season. Yeah, we're moving on to a team that have had so much change this summer. Uh, Lincoln City, who have seen a massive churn of players come and leave the club. 16 players enter the club, 15 leave. And I think it's down to the change of managers. Danny Cowley, quite a direct manager, um, who, who still had a core group of players that took them up from the National League and League Two. And Appleton has a different way of playing and he's a highly rated um, manager in in the lower divisions did very well with Oxford United and um, it looks like he's he's signing youth because the amount of players that they have signed that are below twenty four is is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Like Michael Appleton, no doubt, is probably one of the best managers in the league. He he knows how to turn a decent team into a good team. Um, some of the players that are coming in are young, but they are impressive. Theo Archibald, for example. Okay, yes, he's come from a very poor Macclesfield team, but he was sort of the shining light in that team. Uh, Liam Bridcott as well, coming from Nottingham Forest, he's he kind of breaks that kind of idea that they're bringing in you if he's an experienced midfielder, and I think that could that could work for Lincoln. Um, I think now that they've got through that sort of transition, going from how the Cowley brothers played to how Michael Appleton signs players. Um, that kind of had them maybe just being a little bit short last season, but I think now that the consistency is there, that they, that they can manage a top half finish. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, fans were losing patience with Appleton because he wasn't really getting the results that many Lincoln fans will have expected when he was appointed. But I think that was down to the style of football that he liked to play. It was quite difficult when you had the likes of um, Bostwick, who's a fantastic player, but he's maybe not got the pace that. Appleton desired or Kean Bolger or Neil Neil Erdley. Um mm. so I think the signs that he has made are, are impressive. It's whether they can get the goals and I think they'll be relying on one young man that I'm I'm really interested to see how he does. Callum Morton, who was mm. uh, superb for Northampton Town in that playoff campaign. He was at uh, the start of the League Two yeah. playoffs. All yeah. twenty um, years old, come alone from West Brom and uh, I think he if he if he does well, Lincoln really could be a dark horse this season. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get on to talking more about Callum Morton when we talk about Northam- how we think Northampton will do. But, um, yeah, he, he, he's just a brilliant addition to their squad. And I think, he'll, as you say, he will be a big part of whether Lincoln succeed or not. Yeah, and I've got Lincoln this year to just have a, a stable season around mid-table. Um, as I think they probably need one more year with all the new recruits to get used to uh, League One football. Um, I th- yeah, I think they will sort of manage that sort of high mid-table finish, maybe top half if they're lucky. Yeah, so I think, as you say, if they have another year, they probably will be looking like a genuine contenders for the playoffs under Michael Appleton the season after this one. And uh, we're moving on to MK Johns. who did lose one of the players, Conor McGrandles, to Lincoln. Um, they've made a couple of signs, two loan signings of Lewis Thompson and Carlton, Carlton Morris coming in from Norwich City. Daniel Harvey, who um, was at Air United. And, and Richard Keogh, uh, who we all know about, was a fantastic captain in, a captain in the championship for Derby County. Um so it seems like Russell Martin's used some of his contacts well with some of the pros that he used to play with and mm. the Norwich City links that he's got. But do we think MK Dons have got enough to really look towards the top end of the division? Or do you think it's a it's more after finishing 19th they need to just stabilise this year? Yeah, I think it will just be a case of stabilisation for them this year. Like, to be honest, I do have them down as being in another relegation battle. Maybe, maybe they can just about manage mid-table if they're lucky. Richard Keogh, who has, as you mentioned, he did show that he was a good leader in the Championship, but it's a case of, will he be fit after spending so much time away from football with the injury that he had? So, if he's fit, then I think they will manage a sort of lower mid-table finish, but if not, I think they could maybe be in for a season of struggling. 
Yeah, I think they've still got goals in the side. Joe Mason, Kieran Agard, Carlton Morris, Sam Nome, uh, all attacking players that can score at this level. So I think they've got a decent, decent team, but it's whether um, Russell Martin's got that tactical nous mm. to lead them towards the top end of the division. And we yet to see. I think it's it's hard to judge these managers that are starting out, isn't it? Yeah. It is, but from what you see MK Don's fans say about him, he does seem like he's sort he's impressing there. So it's a case of can he build on that sort of decent start they have? Yeah, I I I certainly think uh, I've I think I've got them. Let's just check. I've got them. MK Don's to finish fifteenth, which I think after finishing nineteenth last year would wouldn't be a bad season. But I also think MK Don's. Looking at the players they got, especially like I mentioned, the likes of Joe Mason, mm. um, Richard Keogh, I think they've got a side that really should be challenging for the playoffs. And I thought that last year, even though it was the first season back at that level, I thought they had a ridiculously strong side for a team that had just got promoted. Yeah, um, yeah, they did just maybe under, underachieve last season. Um, it's just a case of can Russell Martin get them out of that sort of spell of underachieving and I to be honest I think it could maybe just take another season for that to happen So uh, moving on to uh, a promoted team Northampton Town who uh, just got in via points per game they came 7th in the league in the end in the 4th division and then won the playoffs in spectacular fashion especially the last two games mm. uh, blowing Cheltenham and Exeter City out of the uh, out of the league and um, it's been a uh, I, th- I don't think it's been the perfect transfer window for Keith Curl. I think some of the recruitments that they signed have been all right, uh, but they have lost some of the star players, that, namely uh, jo- Jordan Turnbull and mm. Charles Goody were part of that resilient defence. Good's gone for a million to Brentford and Turnbull. Uh, is surprisingly, uh, or perhaps not so surprisingly, considering the amount of money they've got, has dropped down a division to play with Salford. But mm. they've, uh, they've, they've brought in 21 new players, so... It's, it's, again, hard to judge Northampton, but going off the Carabao Cup fixture um, this weekend, they, they were fantastic against Cardiff City in a 3-0 win. They were, yeah, and that was, that was a really surprising result. Uh, you, know, we, you, you would have Cardiff down as one of the best sides in the Championship, so it'll be interesting to see if Northampton can uh, build on that. As we were saying when we were talking about Lincoln, though, Callum Morton is going to be an absolutely huge loss for him. Alongside the other losses in like Charlie Good, um, and so to be honest, um, I, I know they did look convincing in, in the last two games of the playoffs, but to be honest, I do just see them going back down. No, yeah. So you don't you don't think they've got enough in the team? Do you think it's a defensive problem or an attacking problem or? Um, I think it will just it be kind of a mix of both, really. I think. They will struggle without Charlie Good. I think they'll struggle without Callum Morton. Okay, they do have some decent players that can, in terms of their attacking options, Nicky Adams um, will be a decent option for him. So, um, but no, I just don't think it will be enough for him. And I can just think they'll just go back down. I'm excited to see how uh, uh, Luca. Ra- Ra- I think it. I think it's Luca Rasic um, mm. on loan from Brentford does. I think that was part of the Charlie Good deal, um, 21 years old. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how he does at the centre of defence because obviously Northampton, especially with the way Keith Curl plays, rely on a, a defensive mm. unit to be solid so that they will need him and uh, others including uh, Kean Bolger that's come in from... Um, Lincoln, wasn't it? Lincoln, yeah, to, to, be, to be solid. So... Uh, I, I've got Northampton just to stay up, but I don't know whether that's me. Yeah, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that could be you. Um, I, I just think, okay, they have made some decent additions. Uh, Fraser Horsfall is another one that I think could be all right for him. He was one of the better players in a very poor Macclesfield side. But again, I just, I'm just not totally convinced that they have a chance of staying up. Yeah, well, we're moving on to a team that... Uh, we also made the playoff finals, but were so close to making uh, the championship for the first time in a long, long time. But they unfortunately for them lost to Wickham Wanderers. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether Oxford United uh, have a playoff hangover, uh, which you do see a lot of sides have. Um, Oxford, again, another team with 
a strong amount of players. They've got some good good uh, players there. They've uh, made some superb signings, namely Matty Taylor on a permanent. Mm. Um, do we think Oxford United have got enough to go again? I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, when you, as you say, a little you look at their squads, and they've got they've got a good core. Um, Simon Eastwood. Um, I will have to swallow my pride here because I've previously slated him, but he is he is an all right keeper for that level. And then you look in the defence, Sean Clare, he'll be a decent player for him. And then yeah, as you said, the, the uh, permanent signing of Matty Taylor is a brilliant deal. Um, so yeah, I can see them avoiding that playoff hangover and going again, getting into the playoff places. Yeah, and it's whether they will miss um, Marcus Brown who. Uh, probably will get used more at Middlesbrough next year, but it's he, he might leave a gaping hole in the team. But I think if you've got someone like Matty Taylor, who I was disappointed didn't score goals in the championship because he's a player I really like, and I, I feel like he didn't get enough of a chance at, at Bristol. I feel like if he was, well, I'll get my my bias cap out, but if he was at North End, I think he'd have got more chances to mm-hmm. to put the ball into the back of the net, and I think. He's one of those, if you give him an opportunity, he will score goals. And uh, he's actually, Matty Taylor's my pick to be the top goal scorer this year. I think Oxford will be full of goals. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got Oxford, uh, similar to Fleetwood, uh, in and around the playoffs. And it depends on uh, whether they bring in any more signings over the next month on whether they do actually nail down that playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you say, it's dependent on whether players come in. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely see them getting playoffs this year. And uh, we'll move to another exciting team, the team that have got the most uh, players in their squad this season, Peterborough United. Um, Lewis, I know you keep a close eye on uh, on Posh. Uh, they may have lost their best player, Ivan Tony, who scored 26 goals in a shortened season last year, which was incredible. But they're getting £10 million for him and they seem to have recruited well, haven't they? Yeah, that's what I was saying to you before we went on that they have got the ten million, but they've but even before that came in, they have recruited some absolutely fantastic players. Um, uh, Johnson Clark Harris seems like he'll be a very good Ivan Tony replacement. Um, Ethan Hamilton, he will be a good signing for him on loan from Man United. Um, oh no, he's not on loan; he's a free transfer. But um, what else was I going to say? I think it says something about the quality of Peterborough's squad when they are able to to transfer list some players that you would normally say are really good players for them, like George Boyd, Louis Reed, um, Jason Nason. If he was, an, he's another solid option for them. But they've got some fantastic players. Um, if it is true that Sammy Schmodix is coming back to them, then mm. they will definitely be amongst the favourites for the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. Peterborough, I've, I've looked at them and they, they always seem to have to get some superb strikers. I mean, what are the strikers they've sold in the past few years? I mean, they've had Connor Washington um, played there. Uh, was, who else has been there? Um, think, what's the one with the double-barrelled name? Uh, let they, me... had, they had Brit Asabalonga, didn't they? Brit Asabalonga, Dwight Gale. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, George Boyd came through as a youngster there as well. I, mean, yeah. I can't think who's a double barrel name. Uh, Craig McKell Smith, that's it. Oh, yeah, of course, Craig McKell Smith. They've always been able to churn out proper good uh, strikers. Yeah. And uh, Ivan Tony going, I don't think it's going to be a massive loss. I don't know whether Johnson Clark Harris will fill that hole, but they've also got, like you say, Schmodix that's going to come in, Mo Isa, uh, Sakiri Dembele is, is a superb player. And, and I still thinks underrated. Yeah, yeah. One player I want to focus on as well is is the youth player they've got from Ricky J Jones. Um, he's from what I've seen of him, he's really looking like he could he'll be a serious talent for him at some point. They're already turning down quite big bids for him. Um, I think he scored against Burnley when they played him in the FA Cup last season. So I think he'll definitely be one to keep an eye on this season. Yeah, so I think with Peterborough, I always see them. Uh, at, well, at the moment, I see them as like the the league below Brentford. That they can always they have got a superb recruitment policy that they can always seem to uh, replace the players that they sell on like Brentford do. And uh, I've I've got Peterborough to uh, go up this year. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go um, one step further. I'm going to I'm going to make a very very. I don't know if it's a bit of a brave prediction, but I'm going to say that Peterborough are going to win the league this year. 
Peterborough to win the league. A very brave statement, but um, I'm sure they probably will uh, be up there and about. So moving on to the next team is Plymouth Argyle, another team that I'm so excited to uh, see uh, on EFL Quest at nine o'clock and uh, see how they do because I, f- I think they've in Ryan Lowe they've got one of the best young managers in the the, the whole football league. You know how highly I rate him. Um, mm. I, I think I think if if my team if Neil uh, touch whatever does uh, leave, uh, which would be devastating for us, I think Ryan Lowe's got to be one of the managers that we look at because he's a, a fantastic young manager and. They've also recruited uh, quite shrewdly. They've not gone and blown the budget, but they've bought some decent signings. Lewis McCloyd coming in from Wigan, formerly of Brentford. Ryan Hardy to sign on again on loan from Blackpool is a is a good signing. Lewis um, Plymouth. Surely they can't be battling against relegation this year. No, they'll they'll definitely they'll definitely be looking at a very comfortable finish in mid table, uh, maybe top half if they if they put together a good run. And you're saying about the business, but getting, getting to keep George Cooper after a very good loan spell from Peterborough is some absolutely fantastic work by everyone involved at Plymouth. Um, yeah, as you say, Ryan Lowe is definitely one of the more exciting managers in lower league football at the moment. We saw what he did at Bury under very, very tough circumstances. He's managed to get Plymouth promoted uh, so I can definitely see them having a very good season this year. Yeah, and uh, they've also got one of the best young keepers, um, Michael Cooper, who's only 20, but it seems like Ryan Lowe is saying that he's ready to uh, let him start in the third division, which mm. is a, a brave choice by Lowe, but um, an admirable and, one too. And even if that doesn't work out, they've brought Luke McCormick back to the club, who can maybe mentor him, and if Cooper doesn't work out as a is the first choice keeper, then they can always go back to Luke McCormick, who probably is still a solid keeper for that level. Yeah, there surely is uh, some cracking signings from Plymouth Argyle. So we'll see if they are on the road to uh, pushing on to the uh, the sort of playoff um, spaces. But I've got Plymouth Argyle just to miss out, actually. I think they are the best of the four teams that have come up. Yeah, but they definitely are. Um, I don't know if they'll only just miss out on the playoffs, but they certainly won't be anywhere near the relegation battle, that's for sure. And uh, moving on to another team that, um, if you follow Portsmouth fans on uh, any social media pages or follow the Portsmouth official account, and all you ever see is people asking for Jackie to go uh, after they lost that game, even though Mm. I I think they were the better team against Oxford United over the two Mm. legs and were unlucky to not make it to the final, but everywhere you look, Kenny Jacket is asked to asked to uh, leave, but I just can't understand it myself. I think um, obviously they they've got the every right to their opinion. They watch a lot more Portsmouth mm. than myself, but um, to see Pompey, who I think just because of the name of the club, they expect them to go up every season. But I think with the players that they've got, they've not got one of the stronger teams on paper. I think they make. Astute signings, Cameron Pring coming as a left yeah. back from Bristol City. Callum Johnson is a signing yeah. really impressed by coming from Accrington. Um Sean Raggett as well, he's a decent sign for him, in my opinion, to get him permanently. It's a good deal for him. Does he come from Norwich? Yeah, they had him on loan and then yeah, they've got him on a permanent deal now. Yeah, so they they've got they've got good talent there. I mean, Alex Bass is one of the best young keepers in the football league. I think he's actually got the best um, save percentage. I think it's something like 86% of shots mm-hmm. he saved last year. Um, but I think Kenny Jackett is one of the experienced managers in the league. I like him as a manager. Yeah. Um, and I've got Portsmouth to finish exactly the same place that they finished last year in fifth place. Hmm. Um, yeah, as you said, I mean, we can't really truly say about Kenny Jackett, you know, because we don't watch Portsmouth as much as their fans. But when you look at the at, like the results after the shaky start that they had, they, they look good. Um, and I think they do need to maybe stick by Kenny Jackett until it do, unless it does seriously go down the pan. Um, in terms of where I think they'll finish, I can see this being the year that they actually go up. So I'm going to say Portsmouth going to finish second. Oh, brave prediction by Lewis Walsh. I think it'll be a good job by Jacket to finish um, second in the league as well. So if they can get the the 
forwards, Ellis Harrison and John McQueen firing, then they certainly could be right up there. Moving up to uh, Rochdale, who have lost their star striker, uh, Ian Henderson, who's dropped down a division to join Salford. They've lost their creative player, Callum Camps, who has uh, moved on to join Fleetwood. Um, they've lost a couple other players as well, um, like Calvin Andrew. Wilbraham's uh, not there anymore. Yeah, Luke Matteson as well. He's he's loan after sign for for Wolves has ended. So yeah, so I think the Rochdale are, are trying to play it safe in the in the pre uh, not pre COVID after COVID post COVID sort of mm-hmm. um, or not post in the midst of COVID. Uh, pandemic, they're trying to play it safe, but it could be a worrying season for Rochdale. I'm seeing a plethora of people predicting them to uh, go down this year. And I'll include myself in that. They've just lost too many key players. Um, and okay, I do like Brian Barry Murphy as a manager. If I think he, he does play good football, but I, I just see this being a season where they'll struggle. Um, I've um I've just moved back to my in back to Preston for uni and one of my new flatmates is a Rochdale fan and he's not very confident from this year. So yeah, I think this will be a season where Rochdale do go down, unfortunately. I'm gonna actually say that I think they're gonna stay up, but I don't know whether that's the romance of uh of uh, Rochdale because they just always seem to be the favourites for the drop and somehow they always stay up and I think they'll probably be that late season run again. However, they can get some free agents because what is worrying for me is that they've only got one recognised forward in the squad, and mm. that is a youngster Tavares, I think it's pronounced, mm. um, 19 years old. Never really played much for Rochdale in the first team. He's obviously only 19, so not an experienced player, but they, they will be relying on the likes of Jimmy Ryan, Mac, Mac, Matty Don, um, Paul McShane, Jim mm. McNulty, Owen O'Connell. Uh, you know, these are still experienced players, but uh, it's whether Brian Barry Murphy can work a bit of magic with Rochdale again. Yeah, and as much as I do want Brian Barry Murphy to do well, because he, again, he, I think he's an exciting manager, but I just I just don't see it working out for him this season. So, yeah, I just think this will be the year that they go down after some good runnings to keep them up in previous years. And uh, moving on to an, another team uh, that I'm predicting to really struggle this season is Shrewsbury Town, um, who I was massively disappointed with last year. I thought they had one of, if uh, not a, a top six sort of side uh, in the league um, last year. I thought they, they recruited really well. And we, we saw a bit of that in the the play, uh, the FA Cup run they went on. But mm. Sam Ricketts, who was appointed... Uh, from Wrexham, just mm. we never really saw what the owners see in him. Um, the owner who's always sacked one um, manager in nine years mm. um, of him being there, so he's obviously one of those which you've got to appreciate. He's, he gives managers time to turn it around, but Ricketts to me does not convince me as a, a good enough manager um, in the third division, uh, despite them having still a pretty decent team. Yeah, um, on the issue of Ricketts, he he was appointed on the back of a, one good start to a season with Wrexham. So I think they were maybe a bit hasty in going for him. Um, in terms of how they'll do this season, though, I think I'm going. I think I'm going to stick with your opinion on it. They will struggle. Okay, the signings, um, Ricky Pike, he, he could maybe be a bit of a highlight for him. Like Pike was one of. Ricketts is better players when they were at Wrexham together. Um, but other than that, I just think they'll struggle, to be honest. Yeah, and, and they've lost a couple of experienced players as well. Roman Funtzelot's gone, Joe Murphy, Joss Laurent, mm-hmm. uh, Omar Beckles. So I think um, Shrewsbury, again, they, they should be expecting, I think the fans should be expecting a top half finish, at least with the team they've got, you know, with the experience of. Uh, Dave Edwards and mm. Jason Cummins and Rikel Pike in that squad, but I've got Shrewsbury to go down this season. Um, and it's and it's a weird one because this shows what they were capable of again against Liverpool. Like, okay, that, that it is it is a different kettle of fish, a cup game against a Premier League team, but Shrewsbury are capable of so much more. But yeah, I think I will 
just having down to soil this year. Yeah, and uh, moving on to uh, a team that surely got to be up there this season that had finished uh, the lowest they've ever finished in their 138-year history. I say eighth in League One, which shows you how big of a club Sunderland are, in my opinion, one of the top 10 clubs in uh, UK. Mm. Um, so uh, Sunderland, they've... Uh, they've They've not had the most busy transfer window, but the last couple of days have actually been quite busy as uh, Danny Graham's joined mm. uh, Sunderland. They've, still, they've got Aidan O'Brien, who's coming from Millwall, Bailey Wright, who I know from his time at North End, coming from Bristol mm. City. And I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Arbonite Gemela Majali, who is apparently very highly rated um, from a team called Zamax, which is a team in uh, Switzerland. But from what I've heard about him, they, they raved about him and the, the people, uh, the Swiss people are very surprised that he's dropped all the way down to the third division. Mm. Um, but to me, Sunderland, again, have like Hull and Ipswich, have got one of the sides and papers that the fans should be expecting promotion. Yeah, we, we, we all know about Phil Parkinson as a manager. Um, they were maybe lucky to miss out on the playoffs before the season was... Stops. Um, so, again, you look at you look at the players in the squad, um, and you just think that they are definitely capable of doing good things this season. So, I, I can see them. They will be in that sort of race for the top two places, I think. But I think they'll just miss out and finish third, in my opinion. Well, I think the uh, the one thing that's working well for them is the manager. I think Phil Parkinson. Um, he knows League One, doesn't he? He did a very yeah. good job with Bradford. He was, he did, I, I was, he did a very admirable job with Bolton. Took them up as well yeah. from the third division. Um, and I think, I think with the type of players they've got, they've obviously got a very good defence. Uh, and in the past, I think it's become a bit of a recurring joke to say, "Are oh, they going to draw one-one today?" Because under Jack Ross, they always drew one-one. Yeah. But I feel like if you draw one-one away from home, which I think Phil Parkson will get his side to do. Um, as they are, he's, he is quite a, a pragmatic manager, but get over the line with victories. You know, the likes of Danny Graham, Charlie White, Will Grigg, Lyndon Gooch, Jack Diamond, who was uh, very good last year at Harrogate, uh, Aidan yeah. O'Brien, McGeady, Chris Maguire. I mean, the list goes on and on. The, the plethora of attacking options is similar to what Mansfield have got down in League Two or Bristol City up in the Championship. Um, they've got real good attacking options, and I think they've got goals in the team. So, I've got Sunderland to to win the league this year. I don't know about winning the league, but I've, I've got to stick by my prediction of the Peter Portsmouth top two. So, yeah, I'm just going to have someone down as third. Yeah, so someone just to miss out for Lewis. Uh, Swindon Town, um, I think similar to Plymouth, got an exciting young manager in Richie Wellens that um, his only previous job, like Lowe, was shrouded by uncertainty in the ownership uh, as he was at Oldham Athletics from the town who have lost all of their attacking options from last year. Owen Doyle has gone, mm. Tisha Anderson and um, Jerry Yates. Uh, Jerry Yates as well, yeah. Jerry Yates have gone to uh, Blackpool. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Swindon do. How how do you judge uh, their their summer? Um, I think it's been it's the summer in terms of their outgoings. Yeah, that it is poor for them to lose Doyle and Yates, but they are bringing in some good players. Brett Pittman from Portsmouth, that's a very good signing for them. Jack Payne from Lincoln, again another good signing for them. Uh, Johnny Smith as well from Bristol City, I think that's an excellent signing for them. So I think before I saw their um, deals after six. I'd have thought, yeah, they'll go straight back down after losing Doyle. But I can see them just about staying up now after looking at who they've brought in. Yeah, and, and Brett Pittman comes in as an experienced forward after his release from Portsmouth. Kane Woolery's still there. Um, Jay Simi, is that how you pronounce it? He's come in as well. Mm. Um, Lloyd Isgrove, who I believe was uh, come through the Southampton Academy, didn't he? Didn't he have a spell at yeah. MK Dons as well? He did, um, yeah. So he's a, he's an exciting winger. So I think with the way Wellens plays, which as we saw last year, just creates opportunities after opportunities, they should be all right. So I've got Swindon for a comfortable mid-table finish. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if it'll be a comfortable mid-table finish, but I don't think they'll be in amongst the teams fighting to stay up. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's uh, certainly going to be an interesting one, and it's going to be um, an interesting one for Wigan Athletic. Um, really, they should be playing in the Championship. They were mm. superb last year, especially the second half of the season. And with the way they were going, it looked like this year, if everyone had stayed the same, Paul Cook could have really got a side pushing towards uh, the playoffs. Um, but unfortunately, Paul Cook's not there anymore. Uh, Cedric Kipre's not there anymore. Joe Gelhart's not there anymore. Uh, the list goes on and on of the players they've lost. Kiefer Moore, Anthony Robinson, Josh Windash, Jamal Lowe. Uh, they've they've lost uh, they've lost a lot of players, haven't they? Um, they are. They've, they've, they're not really replacing them either, are they? They're not, but they've brought in a lot of money. But because they've got the ownership issues, they've not been able to really replace them. I mean, they've brought in some experienced players like. Um, uh, Gary Roberts returns for another spell at Wigan. Mm. Um, you've got uh, Dan Garner that I think was at Salford. Yeah. Um, um, was, he, I don't know, was he at Salford? I think he was training with them just to get back fit, but I don't know if he actually ever properly signed. But see, here's the thing. Dan Gardner, I, I absolutely love him. He was a brilliant player for Halifax and I think he would do good for a League 2 team, but I think for a team of Wigan's aspirations, I just don't think it's one that will work out. Yeah, I think the positive for Wigan is they've still got four weeks left of the transfer window. So if they can sort something, they can do some sort of like Bolton, where they had to pick the best, the 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 rest, um, the rest of the players that hadn't been picked up as as very agents. But mm. that was a problem with Bolton. They picked up a lot of players, but there was a reason why the other teams hadn't got these for yeah, already. Yeah. And you. You, you can see a similar situation here. I mean, Gary Roberts, would he really have joined? He's 36 years old. He was good in his prime, but is he that good now? Viv Solomon Otterbor, he's a, another player that's such a silky player, but he's a frustrating player that doesn't really have the... Um, the, the he doesn't really produce much goals or assists. Mm. Um, and But I think the... the the core players that they've kept, Joe Garner, obviously, mm. staying at the moment, it seems like it would be a good one. Nathan Burns staying, but I think the best mm. one's Sam Morsey. I, I, if they could somehow hold on to him, then they've got a chance of uh, fighting survival this year because mm. he really is a championship midfielder and I can't believe no one's come in and bought him yet. Yeah, definitely. And I think another player that they've done well to keep is Cal Naismith. Um He's he's been one of Wigan's better players recently. That's um, how they do. It's hard to predict until the ownership issues are sorted. But you have to make, but you have to say, have to look at it as it is now. And um, I think they will be in that um, fight to stay up. But I think they will just about manage it. Yeah, I've seen people. Predict them to go down, predict them to go up. Uh, no one really knows what's going to go on with Wigan, but if you're predicting them off what they've got right now, they've surely down towards bottom of the league. I gives me no pleasure to uh, predict this, but I've got them bottom of the league. Um, but wow. I, I really hope I'm wrong with this one. Uh, there'll be no five pound bet going on that one because <laughs> um, I, I I just really hope that they can turn it around because uh, I don't think any club should be going through the. No. The turbulent issues that they are going through. No, no, as you say, I mean, particularly given the strangeness of the circumstances that the ownership issues have come about. But yeah, as you say, you don't want to see any side go through that. But again, I just think that they will just about stay up under the current circumstances with the players that they've got. I, I can't see them going down. Well, will the last team that we are previewing, will they stay up, Lewis? Uh, AC Wimbledon, another team that always down towards the bottom of the league, but somehow always stay up last year uh, by the skin of their teeth by finishing 20th in the league. It's the season as they return to the plough lane, not that there'll be fans to see it um, mm. straight away, but they've um, had a busy, busy transfer window in which uh, they've lost quite a, a few players, but they've also brought in some decent acquisitions to um mm. Glyn Hodges again, an inexperienced manager, had a, a spell as Wally Downs' assistant, had a spell as I think it was Stokes, um, mm. Stokes under 23 manager. Yeah. Um, Wimbledon, it's another one hard to judge. 
Yeah, um, they their um, front row windows being a bit mixed. Okay, they've brought in two very good players in Alex Woodard and Ollie Palmer, but you look at someone like Shaw Alexander, who who I, I don't even think Barnett wanted him to stay with them. Um, um, so, as you say, they've lost quite a few of their key players from last season. So, to be honest, I think I will predict Wimbledon to go down. Yeah, and I'm going to uh, jump on you with that one too. So, uh, just coming to you for your uh, four teams definite to go down. So, who have you gone for? I have gone with Northampton, Wimbledon, Rochdale and Shrewsbury. Right, so I've gone with two of the ones that you've gone with. So, I've mm. gone with Wigan, Burton, Shrewsbury and Wimbledon. Um, mm. As the four teams go down. And then uh, the top two, Lewis? Um, like I said earlier, Peterborough to win the league, uh, Portsmouth to finish second. So, I've got Peterborough to come second, Sunderland to win the league. And then in the playoffs, I've got, in no particular order, Ipswich, Blackpool, Portsmouth and Oxford. Yeah, I've gone for... For the for the playoffs, Sunderland, Fleetwood, Oxford, and Blackpool. Blackpool. So, um, pretty similar uh, top six in promotion and relegation list. And mm. um, I think this season definitely divided into your sort of top half and bottom half teams um, due to financial issues with some of the bottom half teams. Um, and I still think there is a gap despite the. The celery stop, and I'm going to put you on on the on the spot, Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. Top goal scorer. Top goal scorer. Um, I'm probably going to say Johnson Clark Harris. Johnson Clark Harris to get his goals the first season at London Road. I'm going for Matty Taylor of Oxford United. So this has been uh, the Press and Sports podcast, and this has been our League One preview show. I hope you've enjoyed this show, and we will be bringing you a championship preview show and also a Premier League preview show. Uh, Lewis, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Yeah, and we'll be back uh, sometime soon with the championship preview show.